Welcome to the Teacher Transition Podcast, where we celebrate the amazing things former teachers are now doing outside of the classroom. And where teachers who are considering making a move of their own can find the resources, guidance, and support that they need to take their next steps. I'm your host, Allie Parrish, and I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome back for another week and another episode of the Teacher Transition Podcast. First off, a quick shout out to Angie. Angie has been in the instructional design course and in the membership, and she just landed her full-time instructional design position. Angie, I am so excited for you. I know you've been working really hard on this for a good long while. And I know that what you do, you like to do really well. How do I know that? Because I've seen your portfolio. It looks amazing. Before landing this full-time position, Angie has also been freelancing. Impressive, right? She has incredible skills. Angie, congrats again on landing this full-time position. I'm so excited for you. And I'm excited to see the amazing things that you do ahead. Okay, you guys, I am really excited also to introduce you to today's podcast guest, Suzanne Klein. Suzanne is an educator turned entrepreneur. She has started four successful businesses, including Right Steps, which she built to $10 million in sales, and then she sold years later for seven figures. Now, with the business that she runs called Rewrite Your Future, Suzanne aims to help people achieve more freedom and fulfillment by building their own businesses that can allow them to transition to what they want to do into a life with freedom that they love. On a personal note, I have known Suzanne for well over a year now, and because we both serve teachers... We have collaborated closely for quite a while now. It is so nice to have someone that you can work closely with or collaborate with and kind of share your steps, share your process. And Suzanne has been one of those friends for me. So, okay, let's go ahead and jump into this episode with Suzanne. Suzanne, I'm so glad that we get to chat today and that you get to share a little bit about what you've done and mostly how you help other teachers. But I just want to start us off for those who are listening, um, for them to know how important and valuable I really believe that it is to not go through whatever process you're going through alone. And from a personal standpoint, with me creating online courses and serving teachers and and trying to help and, you know, doing so much that's new, it has been such a blessing and so much fun to have friends like you to collaborate with and to do some of this, with to share the process. So anyway, from a personal standpoint, thanks so much for all of that. No, thank you, Allie, for having me. It's uh, great to be here. And I love what you're doing. You know, it's, we in the teacher space, we're all helping teachers in just all very different ways. And I love that, you know, our business is really a reflection of who we are and our experiences that we came from. And so we're, we're both helping teachers, but in different ways. And isn't that amazing? So. It is awesome. Yeah, really, it's like the same big team overall, yeah. right? Same efforts. I love that. And, you know, you, you just mentioned, so many of us are helping teachers in our specific way you know, of whatever, however we're helping and serving teachers is reflective of what our personal experience was coming from the classroom and going into something else. So let's dive into that. Suzanne, I know that you were teaching and then you created your own company and it 
did really well, very successfully. And now you're helping teachers create their own businesses that are online businesses and having, having them be strategic and successful with that. How else would you sum that up before we dive into the what, why, who, how, and all the the details of it? So yeah, um, educator turned entrepreneur, but I first started out as an elementary teacher and using the teaching skills that we all have as teachers. um, I started my second company um, after being an education consultant and a national presenter. Uh, My second company, Right Stuff, it's kind of what um, I'm best known for because I did, I grew it to 10 million in sales and then sold it 10 years later. So I know a thing or two about business. This Rewrite Your Future is now my fourth business. And this is the business where I'm taking my past experience and I'm helping teachers who feel stuck in the classroom, teachers who want to leave sooner rather than later, teachers who feel like they are ready to do more, learn more, be more. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the people that we were when we went into teaching is different than who we are today. And, you know, for a teacher to feel like, she ha- obligated to have to stay until retirement, you know, that doesn't serve anyone, the students, the parents, the administrator, and especially herself. And so I help those teachers who feel like, because there's really two, Allie, there's two avenues you can go when you're looking at leaving teaching. You can look at getting a job, which is what you help teachers with, finding their next dream job. Um, I believe you have a course named that, in fact. Yeah, you bet. Yes. And we have teachers who want to go into instructional design. And then there's the educators. And I'm not just teachers because I just met with someone who is a professor. Um, you know, it's it, it's those people who know that they don't want to get another job. They don't want to work for someone else. They don't want to be an employee. They have had a dream to start their own business. And those are the ones that I help is those that want to transition into entrepreneurship. And it doesn't mean that they have to leave the teaching profession right away. And a lot of times their businesses involve teaching anyway. Um, but it's those teachers who know that they're probably not going to be happy teaching until retirement. So what else to do then? What best I think in my own opinion is to be an entrepreneur. It's, it's the only way to have all five freedoms in life. That's so great. Okay. Suzanne, I want us to clarify for our audience, kind of upfront, because when people say entrepreneur, or if they say start your own business or whatnot, you know, with teacher transitions resources, we do have the start your business in one week plus freelancing one-on-one wrapped together. But that's, you know, get your legal set up, get your company name, get, that's getting a lot of basics in place to be established as a business. But when you're talking about becoming an entrepreneur, will you just clarify for the audience, like, here's what we're talking about that's different from just establishing it, getting it created. Sure. Yeah. Happy to talk about that. I want to just go back for a minute and distinguish the five freedoms because I think this will help frame and answer a bit of your question. So there is a difference between freelancing and entrepreneurship. Um, You're still working for yourself, but entrepreneurship is different in the sense that it really allows you to have all five freedoms. And so we're talking time freedom, location freedom, people freedom, financial freedom, and purpose freedom. And so no job is going to give you all five freedoms. And, you know, it's only because I'm now, I've been an entrepreneur for 17 years that I have a five freedoms life. And that's what we all 
want. I mean, truly. And so what is the difference? Well, a freelancer, you don't need me if you're going to be freelancing. You can use amazing sites like Upwork and Fiverr and all the resources that you share with people because you don't, to be a freelancer, you can use these third-party sites to find the work. But what I help people do is really from the beginning, uh, figure out who do they really want to serve? Who's their avatar? What niche do they want to go in? And really, what's their big why? What's their real big why? What's this next big purpose? What's their new chapter that they want to start? And so... Uh, It's really a deep dive self-exploration. And then, you know, there's a big piece when we've been an employee our whole lives, it's really important to shift that mindset from employee mindset to entrepreneur mindset. So there's that piece as well. Um, And then it's, it's really getting into value propositioning and customer profiling and it's MBA level stuff without the statistics and the probability class. It's really figuring out the business fundamentals because I see often people kind of put the cart before the horse. Yeah, definitely. And having run multiple companies myself, I can definitely say there is a lot of like, you know, you can ask, well, what should I focus on first? You know, and there's a lot to figure out. And so having a guide by your side, someone that helps you think through that. And I know that you are incredibly methodical, you know, as we've had like masterminds together and things like that. I see the processes that you do for things. You put all your ducks in a row, just incredibly well. So anyway, and, and you're so good at taking action. I love, love seeing all of that. So, okay, let's hop into some of our questions of why, what, how, who, and so much more. Uh, let's start off. We've kind of talked about this a little bit, but if you were to just sum up, why would you recommend to a teacher to consider entrepreneurship? What would you say? Sure. I mean, it's a great question. Not everyone, Ali, is suited to be an entrepreneur. You know that. I mean, it really takes, you know, it's kind of that debate. Is it nature versus nurture? Are people born Um, already entrepreneurs, already have the traits of an entrepreneur. So there's seven traits that your audience can, you know, identify right now. And I'll list them out if that's okay with you. Yes, that would be perfect. And this will also address our question of who is a good fit, like what personality type or, you know, what questions could a person ask themselves as a gut check of is creating my own business or online business, is that the the route for me? So yeah, this would be great. Yes, right. And, and Ali, as you know, not everyone is cut out to be an entrepreneur. There's seven traits of successful entrepreneurs. And a lo- what a lot of teachers don't know are there's some a lot of teachers, very highly successful teachers have transitioned in entrepreneurship. For example, Billy Crystal was a teacher, Cheryl Crow, um, J.K. Rowling, Harry Potter author, the Um, Roberta Flack, Killing Me Softly, Jack Canfield. I mean, Amy Porterfield was a teacher, Sting. So, you know, it is really um, possible to become a successful entrepreneur. And teachers make excellent entrepreneurs. But there are seven traits to all successful entrepreneurs. And teachers uh, are very well suited because, listen, I mean, one of the traits is have to adapt to changes and challenges as an entrepreneur. Well, 
I mean, hello, COVID. I mean, you know, you had, the teachers had like three days to prepare to go online or not even three days, you know. Um, and so, you know, that's adapting to changes and challenges. Teachers are very well suited for that. Also, another trait of successful entrepreneurs is having a can-do attitude and goal-oriented. Well, hello, it's teachers all the time. Definitely. You know? Um, in also being a people person, intuitive people person, they have to do that during parent teacher conferences. And that's a trait of successful entrepreneurs. Um, also another trait is being a visionary, being able to look uh, forward and teachers do that all the time. They look to where their students should be and then they, you know, reverse engineer what needs to happen to get them there. So being a visionary also being, a having initiative uh, when faced with challenging negative coworkers, for example, you know, taking the initiative to take action or, or challenging parents. So, and then also being an innovative problem solver is a trait of a successful entrepreneur. And we know teachers are great at that. When a student doesn't grasp a concept the way the rest of your class does, you have to problem solve in order to help them. And then the last seventh trait is taking advantage of opportunities um, that present themselves. And really, you know, that's one of the things that teachers do really well. They take advantage of opportunities and, and get really savvy about uh, resources that they can find. So, yeah, those are, you know, it's, traits. Yeah. it's really fun as you're listing these off, I'm kind of doing this personal inventory on the inside and I'm like, Oh Yeah. Like, that's fun. I, I love the people I get to work with, you know, and, and that we're serving. And, oh, the problem-solving aspect or the visionary aspect or the adjusting to things or learning new things and, and new tech things and just so much with, with running an online business. Anyway, just fun as you're yeah. listing those off for me to be thinking inside like, yep, that's fun. Oh, yep, we do a lot of that. We do a lot of that. Yeah, definitely. Can I also share, Ali, it goes really well with what I just listed um, the four types of businesses that teachers are well suited for. Would that be helpful? Yes, to your please, please. Yeah. Okay. So we talk a lot about, you know, using your teacher transferable skills when starting a business. And there's four businesses in particular that teachers are well suited for. And one of them is online courses. And you probably know this because you're an online course creator and instructional design expert. Um, but, you know, the online course market's set to be, they're saying, a $325 billion market by 2025. That's not that far off. It's a huge market. Well, I mean, hello, teachers have, in order to create an online course, there's three general skills you need. You need to be able to teach, you need to be able to curriculum map, and you need to be able to lesson plan. Well, Hello. I mean, every teacher does that. That's why you you always talk about teachers are well suited for instructional design. Um, and then the other one is uh, online coaching. I would say the majority of my clients, my um, educators who want to turn into entrepreneurs, they pick up coaching as one of their uh, profit tiers, because coaching is really easy. It's very low margins to enter in. Teachers are well suited. I mean, they have great listening skills, they have interpersonal skills, and they have great communication skills. So, you know, it is set to be a $25 billion market by 2025. So again, that's another market that teachers are well suited for. And online courses and online coaching 
are a perfect match and they are two revenue sources um, that I always suggest to my clients. Definitely. And the online or coaching aspect relates so closely with a lot of teachers' passion and interest of helping people. Yes, that's so and true. of working personally with people, knowing them on a personal kind of one by one basis, like that really inner heart of a lot of teachers. You know, for someone out there who's listening to this right now, and if it's kind of pricking you on the inside, if you're like, "Yes, I feel this. I know this. This is what I want. I want to help like individual people. I want to work with them one on one. I want to, you know, coaching mm-hmm. is oftentimes a term for that, yeah. whether it's health coaching, whether it's, you know, there's mindset, life coaching, there's so many different types of coaching, but if you're trying to like figure out, well, what do I want to do? Well, how do I want to help? You know, we call it an online business, not because you're selling something on Amazon, you know, it it doesn't have an online business doesn't have to just be like sales or products or things like that. It can be a service, not a product. And coaching is a service, helping, mentoring, walking someone through things. So anyway, all of that is yeah. just that heart side of teachers helping and working personally oh, with people. Yeah, for sure. Sir, you know, I meet with teachers all the time when they um, take me up on my five freedoms uh, strategy session, the complimentary session, if they're interested in me being their business coach, you know, I meet with them and I would say the hundred percent consistent thing I hear all the time is I want to make a bigger impact. You know, you can make an impact in the classroom of 30, let's say, But when you're online and you have coaching or in a course, you can make an impact of 3000 or 30,000 or, you know, I mean, it's just the, that's the beauty of online and teachers are so well suited for online, especially now more than ever before because of having to transfer to online. Um, And it's easier than ever before with the resources and the tools and the very, it's very economical now than it used to be to start an online business. Yeah. Yeah, You don't have to create your own website and all of that. Can I just tell you my thoughts about the, you know, how you mentioned, well, we've talked about wanting to help people and the fact that you can help a lot of people. So this might sound kind of funny, but for years I've envisioned this, you know, how there is that story about a person's walking along the beach and they see a starfish and and the child picks up the starfish and throws it into the water. And the person says, oh, you can't really make that big of a difference. And it says, well, it just made a difference for that one starfish, right? So when it comes to online courses or online influence, Mm -hmm. I've always envisioned, and I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but it's true. I've thought, what if that kid on the beach who's throwing starfish into the water could invent something that is like a cross between, between uh, you know, those golf ball catchers, like at a, at a driving range, yeah. they drive these things and it gathers up all the golf balls. Yeah. Well, what if they could mix that machine with a snowblower? A snowblower takes everything that's gathered and it shoots it in the direction that needs to go, right? So just imagine being on the beach. And I know it sounds ridiculous. I'm totally owning that this sounds completely ridiculous. But imagine being on the beach with something like that. And it's gathering all the starfish. Mm-hmm. And it's throwing all of them into the water in scale. I think what you're talking about is the ripple effect. 
Yeah. And, and the ability to not just influence, but to influence many for yeah. good, yes. to, to scale influence for good. I love well, it. And that's the, that the whole idea of this ripple effect is I know that when I help and I'm not the hero of the story. It's always my client. It's always the teacher. I'm just a guide. The answers are 100%. I'm just pulling them out. But when they come to me and they say, Suzanne, I will die if I have to teach another 15 years until retirement. I, I, need to, I need to get going and I need to start something. I know I want to be an entrepreneur. I know I want to start a business because that's first and foremost. You got to figure out if you're better suited to be an employee or an entrepreneur. And I do have a quiz, Allie. It's are you better suited to be a Santa or an elf? So I'll give you the link and you can put that in the show notes. Um, because it does help to identify um, for your audience out there if they want to be in, if they're better suited to be an educator or an entrepreneur. Um, and so, you know, it's that ripple effect when I know that I'm helping in serving a teacher who feels stuck and they want more and they start their business, they start to have more freedom. They're happier. They then are happier with their husband or their partner or spouse. Then that spouse is happier with the children. And then the children are happier and making more friends. So it's like this ripple effect that everyone, and then not to mention the entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur, she's helping her you know, audience, her avatar and her clients, she's helping her clients. So it's, it's almost like, you know, some, there's this beautiful quote by Marianne Williamson. It's, I'll sum it up. I won't quote it exactly, but it's like, you know, people get very, you know, who am I to share? I, I'm not an expert. If you're, if you're two steps ahead of the person and you can help provide transformation, who are you not? to share? Who are you not to let your light shine? Because when you allow your light to shine, you're unconsciously giving other people permission to let their light shine. And so, you know, I say that it's a travesty when we hold on to our gifts, skills, and talents, and we don't share it. That is a problem when we have the ability to impact and, and impact in a much larger way. And so I think one of the biggest obstacles for educators is they say, okay, I know this, Suzanne, but I don't know what business to start. Yeah. So let's jump into that. Let's say a teacher's listening to this. By the way, I love that quote by Marianne Williamson. I know the exact quote that you're talking about. I love it. Um, let's say someone's listening and they're like, yes, all of this. I, I get all of this. This mm -hmm. resonates with me. Let's get to the how. Like, what are some things that yeah, if tech. they are going to become an entrepreneur, right? what are some of the things they absolutely have to do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I would love to say what they shouldn't do Please <laughs> first, because I think that's sometimes easier. So this is so common. I've done this. This is my fourth company. So I can't say that I did it right. Of course, you know that, Allie, we make mistakes. And that's how, as a business coach, I can help shortcut the process and save people time and money, you know, um, big time because of all the, you know, mistakes that I made, learn from, you know, learn from someone who's been there, done that. But in terms of what not to do, um, what not to do is jump in and start a website, you know, right away or get business cards made or get your company name and email and then think you have a business. Now a business isn't a business until you get to dollar one and you make, you know, otherwise it's a hobby until you start making money. So um, what not to do, don't start there because 
I advise my clients when they start working with me, whether they go into my educator to entrepreneur online course, or they work with me with the course and as a private business coach, um, I always suggest after you've made the investment to work with me or the course, don't spend any more money until you get to module eight of nine modules, because you're not going to have that real true clarity in knowing what tools and software you need next. Um, and that you'll just buy things that you don't actually need. And I've seen it time and time again, or you'll spend $8,000 hiring someone to do your website when actually there's a tool called Kajabi that you can, you know, buy for a fraction of the cost, let's say 1500 a year. And it can do your email. It can do your website. It can do your landing pages. It can do your lead magnets. It can do your blogs. It can do everything. And you can do it yourself. My clients do use Kajabi and they use it, do it for everything as I do as well. So, I would say that's the place I would not start. Plus, the other thing is you don't know what you don't know, right, in business. And you it's so common, and I get it, again, to think that that's where you start is with a website. No, you've got to first really identify who are you going to serve, what problems, because that's the thing. A business is only a business when you're helping solve problems and pains, pains, Solving pains and creating gains is like a key part of having a business. So I would say that would be first start with that. Figure out who do you want to work with and what pains do they have that you can help them solve in your own unique way. I love that. And, you know, I was telling someone just yesterday, don't start with a website. Like that's not, you know, and there's, there are much better tools than what there were what would what existed five years ago? So much better tools. Um, yeah, different ways that energy is wasted. To have strategic direction and coaching on that is such a gift, such a blessing. Well, and yeah, and the reason why we're both saying don't start with the website, you're going to need a website. That's just plain and simple. I mean, you could sometimes get away with just a landing page, and I, I help my clients figure that out because it is a money saver. But um, you're going to have to have something to put out there. But the reason why I also don't advise uh, starting in just building an online course right off the bat is because then you're creating it in a vacuum. You know, you need to know the people that you're creating the course for. And so if you're interested in coaching, I always recommend to my clients who are interested in coaching already, start with coaching first because then you can speak to the people who you're creating the course for. Like, for example, when I created Educator Entrepreneur, I had module one done, and then I had 15 private coaching clients. And I was built, they didn't know this, Allie, but I was building out module two when they were in module one. Mm -hmm. And I was building out module three when they were in module two, because I was staying one step ahead of them so that I could speak into my, for my video lessons. And I could think of Stacy and go, oh yeah, Stacy needed help with that. Just like with our students in our classroom, right? You know, you're able to address needs when you know what your audience wants. And the best way to do that is when you're interested in coaching already, coach first, build the course out because you're going to need a curriculum for coaching anyway. So you can have your coaching and your course be two profit pathways to creating revenue. That's that's so great doing them in tandem. You know, uh, just taking us back to website for a second. My first company, my first business, mm -hmm. I didn't have a website for multiple years, we'd had multiple years yes. with over six figures of 
revenue. Yes. And we didn't need a website because I had clients, had my team, everything was going and it was going fine. And so, and later I was like, well, why don't we just have a website, you know, but yeah. for, for online courses or for coaching and things like that. So true. There are just different business types and, and just such different needs. And so, yeah, again, having coaching or consulting on, you know, on what is needed is so helpful for someone who's learning the ropes. If someone is considering taking these steps, give us a little insight into what you would recommend as far as timeline. Oh yeah. Good question. Um, Okay, so let me work backwards. It takes three years really to start to see the traction. You know, I love this quote. I'm looking at my bulletin board here. I love this quote by Lorraine Monroe. And I actually saw her when I was a teacher in Detroit. Um, I saw her speak. uh, And she said, often the evidence of success is slow in coming or impossible to see. Therefore, much good work must be done by faith and faith alone. So oftentimes, you know, people give up in the less than a year or first year into a business. I had a client, I loved her and she really, you know, worked through the course. She was an action taker, not an excuse maker. She was really um, an entrepreneur in heart. And unfortunately she heard too many no's because you're always going to hear more no's than yeses, especially at the beginning. She heard people were opening her emails. Like she thought everyone should open her email. Everyone should work with her. And she gave up within less than a year. And, you know, it's one of these things that you really need three years in the business to really start to see the traction and make the decision of whether this is working or not. You can't make that decision the first year because you got to get your name out there. And so, um, you know, she just wasn't ready. It wasn't, the maturity level wasn't there um, to, you know, we, we, inst- we instantly want in, in answering your question, what are the steps? You know, we always think that it's going to be easier than what it actually is. And we, Allie, we both know that starting a business, launching a business and continuing running a business, there's a lot of moving parts and pieces. It can be so easy to be like shiny object, shiny object, shiny object, you know, and that's where I help people. And that's, I know where you help people is you help give them a focus and a guide because without it, like I just met with this teacher that um, on my five freedom strategy session, she was taking all these free resources, some of my free resources, maybe some of yours and some of other people's. And she was thinking that she could create a business based on free resources. Well, free resources are great, but you got to spend money to make money and they're not going to get you from point A to point B. They may give you a little bit, but you really need, when you're starting a business, you don't know what you don't know. Sales and marketing are probably the steepest learning curve in any business, especially online. And you've got to, there's part where you just got to make an investment. Otherwise what happens in terms of like the steps as you're talking about, you'll spend a year spinning your wheels, making 10,000, let's say. And if you would have gone to a guide, they could shortcut that process, whether it's you, me, or anyone else. It's, it's just like, you know, athletes work with coaches, people have financial coaches. I think it's just that teachers aren't used to this whole idea of working with a coach outside of athletes athletics. And so it's, yeah, I think it's critical. It's, it's someone who guide on your side can shortcut and help you speak. Absolutely. 
And I think it makes sense, you know, where teachers are coming from a background where for some teachers, the last time that they invested in their personal growth and development was when they paid for their undergraduate degree or maybe for a master's degree, but to kind of pay for professional development, you know, they're used to like, okay, the district's doing this or yeah. Yeah. So good. Okay. Suzanne. Yes. So important to have, yeah, a guide on their side and to have that kind of help to invest in their future. I know I always say I give the best of me to those who choose to invest in me. If someone is hearing all this and they're like, I need her help, or if they want to reach out to you, what is their best way to connect with you? Yeah. So I talked about the Santa versus an elf. Um, Take the quiz. You'll link that, I'm sure. Um, The best way, you know, there's two routes. You can take the, my online course, Educator to Entrepreneur. If you're wanting to invest more time and money and energy, then, and you're really wanting to get serious about this, then I would recommend booking a five freedom strategy session, as I mentioned. Um, and that is for, to see if we're fit to work together. Um, and yeah, so Ali, thank you so much for your time and thank you for your questions. They were great questions. And I hope that this interview can um, really help and serve your audience, whether they work with me or not. I hope it, that there's just one little kernel that I have given that will be helpful to them in their lives. Very helpful, Suzanne. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye, Ali. Hey, Suzanne. Take care. See you. This episode may have ended but connecting doesn't have to. Join us on Facebook or Instagram and get the support and inspiration you need in your personal educator path. If you're loving the podcast, help us spread the word. Leave a review or screenshot the episode, share it on social media, and be sure to tag us at Teacher Transition. Who knows? We may even feature what you share on our social media feed too. Until next time, teacher friends, be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Good luck with the great things you're up to right now and keep looking forward to the amazing things to come.